With me today is Miles Chambly and Michael Barton at Cowan County EMA, which is our emergency management agency located in Jacksonville, Alabama. So welcome. So how are you guys today? We're doing well. We're very busy right now uh, with the COVID response, but, but all is well at this point. Good, good deal. And so I'm not sure a ton of our listeners, because this is open to the public, so the community might not actually know what Calhoun County EMA is. So could you give me some background on that? So we are the emergency management agency. Um, our job is to coordinate and communicate and cooperate across the board uh, during any type of, uh, you know, disaster, emergency, anything that exceeds one jurisdiction's responsibility or capabilities. You know, we try to come in and help to support those efforts. Uh, what we're going through right now with uh, COVID-19 is a is the best example that you can have of exactly what does the emergency management agency do. Uh, you know, there's four areas that we focus on. We focus on preparedness, mitigation, response, and recovery. Um, and you know, with those with those four focuses, uh, those are your distinct phases of a disaster. And you know, so we have different programs that focus on and support each of those uh, on a regular basis. Whether it's a a uh, infectious disease disaster, whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's a man-made uh, you know attack uh, that that pres- provides das- disastrous consequences. You know, that's what we're there for is to support the uh, the local jurisdictions those organizations and help bring everything together at once. And your staff, tell me about that. I know you, you do house the 911 call center and now the 211 call center, is that correct? That's right. So the actual emergency management agency staff is small. Uh, we There's five of us mm-hmm. uh, total. Uh, so you mentioned the 911 call center. So that's actually, they are, they are in our building. Uh, we have the EMA 911 operations center um, you know, located in the same building. However, they're two distinct separate organizations. Uh, so they have their own director and have their own uh, operations. We do work and try to work closely together with one another because there are some similarities in uh, what we do in terms of the le- different levels of support that we can offer to each organization. So it makes the joint Kate and to jointly operate a lot of those resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recently stood up, we have activated the Joint Information Center uh, call center, which is a resource for uh, citizens to be able to call and commu- uh, to, to see what their needs are in terms of COVID, what their questions are, and be able to meet those needs with the resources that the community has available. And so you've mentioned COVID-19, and I know that the Cowan County Infectious Disease Task Force was created about a month ago. So the Infectious Disease Task Force was created on February the 23rd. Uh, we quickly saw after the threat of uh, health and human services to bring cruise ship passengers that were positive for uh, COVID-19 into the area. Uh, we cl- quickly saw the need to establish a task force to work on this issue and to make sure that the Calhoun County community was prepared. Uh, and so we did that. We established the task force. Uh, it has gotten um great support from all jurisdictions across the county uh, and they've been very involved uh, in the details in terms of planning and now we're transitioning into the response phase of this event. Uh, So, so far to date with planning, uh, the the, kind of the planning piece of it and the preparedness piece of it, we've trained uh, about 700 first responders and healthcare workers uh, with just in-time training on personal protective equipment and how to uh, properly operate in an infectious disease environment. Uh, 
Uh, we have sourced about 27,000 pieces of personal protective equipment from the Strategic National Stockpile, uh, as well as countless other pieces of personal protective gear uh, that have come from various vendors. So our task force has been a clearinghouse for those vendors to make sure that we legitimize them, that they are not a scam, uh, and that we vet that out before we put them out to the local jurisdictions in the county. So we've been providing those resources. Uh, and then the other area that has been very tangible and very evident is the area that Miles really has led the charge in, and it's in our information management section. And so I'll let him talk a little bit about the website, the Joint Information Center, social media, and how a really big piece of this uh, response up to this point has been good information management. Yeah. So the information management is is always changing, with especially with this rapidly evolving situation of um, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so we're, we're trying to make sure one that the public is informed on what they need to do and what precautions they need to make. Um, and just generally update of, of the situation in Calhoun County, Alabama and, and the country, as far as, um, COVID-19, what resources and assistance is available for them and not only just them, but businesses and pretty much anybody in Calhoun County, but also looking at, um, sharing information amongst the public safety and healthcare community so that everybody's on the same page and, um, and knows what's going on, especially with the other agencies, you know, knowing what each other's doing. So we're not duplicating services and everybody knows what's going on. So making sure everybody is informed, making sure that you get information from reliable and credible sources. So of course, as we all know, there's all kinds of rumors uh, that float around on social media, but making sure that you get good, reliable, and credible information. Um, so we, we post a lot on our website. You can go to calhoun.ma.org. Um, we have updates constantly over there. We update on what resources are available to the public, um, anything that the governor of the state issues or the federal government issues. Um, we update the number of cases on there. So it, it takes it's, – it's a lot of time <laughs> trying to keep track of information that's out there and, and sifting through all of that and what is actually useful and what people need to know because um, there's so much it's like I think somebody said that they're drinking from a fire hose of information so trying to consolidate that down to where it's easy for for people to to go through one last thing on the public information part is we set up the um, the text alerts you can get as well so you can text cal COVID that's c-a-l-c-o-v-i-d to the phone number 888-777 to get text updates on specifically for Calhoun County and what in the situation that's going on. So what information, I know we work together a lot as far as disseminating that information to not just small businesses, but as you said, the community and the public at large. And we've come up with some messaging, but as far as how preventing the spread, I know we're trying to transition more now into what should you do should you get COVID-19? We definitely are in the response phase now. And even, you know, from our operations, I know you're asking about, you know, personal people individually, what should they do? But I'd like to say that, you know, we've clearly transitioned from preparedness to response now. Uh, today, we actually activated our unified command system throughout the county. And so now it provides a very strong structure by which we can uh, coordinate and communicate the response countywide. 
Um, it, there's a, a proven method of how to do that. And so that has been implemented. And so people do need to take it serious, both the, the how they can not get it. But if they do feel like that they have the symptoms of it, uh, they can call the call center at 211 and they can be connected to resources. We have a telemedicine component attached to the call center. Uh, but if folks have a regular physician that they, they just need to call their physician and say, hey, look, I have these symptoms. A lot of physicians offices are sell, setting up that telemedicine piece so that they can see their patients uh, online, uh, just like we're doing right now on this uh, podcast or uh, by telephone or, you know, worst case in person. Um, but definitely need to call them before you go and uh, present those symptoms, uh, you know, ahead of time. And then their physician will guide them through that process. But we definitely encourage people not just to show up at a, at a physician's office or the hospital if they think they have COVID symptoms, um, because there are certain precautions that they'll be talked through on how to take those, as well as the people that are helping them and interacting at the medical facility, they'll take certain precautions too, so that we don't over necessarily expose anybody that doesn't have to be. Correct. I know, is Northeast Alabama Regional Medical Center, is that our only testing center in Calhoun County? I believe we have more, but I want to lay it out for our listeners. That's right. So the, the, um, RMC does have a testing center set up. It's not actually in the hospital itself. It's down the street. Uh, and how you work that is folks call their physician. Their physician evaluates their condition. If they meet certain criteria for COVID, then the physician can order a test to be done. Uh, and then the, the person can go. They'll be given directions on how to get to that testing center. And and uh, with the physician's order, they can be tested. So that's the main way in Calhoun County right now. They're probably doing the most volume. There is some other uh, testing sites. I believe uh, Southern uh, Health Partners, Southern Health Immediate Care, I uh, may have got the name incorrect on that, but I'm, I'm close to it. They have a location in Anniston, Heflin, and in Atala, I believe. Uh, they also offer that, that service right now. And um, there are probably other uh, there may be some other physicians' offices that have the capability, but none that have uh, communicated with us so far. They just may do, be doing that with their patients on an individual basis. Okay. So I've heard um, the projected models have improved. I just want to talk about that. Since Governor Ivey, um, her shelter-in-place order came on last Friday, do you think that has a good reason as to why the models have improved? Or are people just really starting to understand the gravity of this? So uh, Miles has really worked with Dr. Jeff Ryan, our subject matter expert, on some of the modeling. So I think it'd be a great question for him to answer. So there's a a lot of different models out there, um, and I don't know. So the one in particular, especially the one that um, you see a lot on the news, and I, I can't remember the name of it, but Friday Alabama was actually projected to have a really high fatality or, or uh, death rate with this, and be like the thing the fourth highest total. Um, but on that new model, it takes into account the, the shelter in place, um, order public health order that came out. So those numbers have come down. So that definitely does go into, um, you know, reducing the spread, you know, the less contact you have with people, the less chances you have of actually spreading and, uh, and actually getting, uh, contracting COVID-19. Um, but so we're looking at the models It's changing all the time. It's only as good as the, the data you have available. So of course, with everything that the, that's constantly changing and we're, we're looking at it, we're working with Dr. Ryan in the hospitals. And there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot that goes into it. The number of people that you have in your population, are you social distancing? Uh, a lot of what it looks at is your hospital capacity. 
um, with ICU bed capacity. So we're, we're doing a lot with the hospitals and trying to, based on this modeling that, that, that we've done and, and uh, are looking at, we're working with the hospitals, you know, look, planning for the worst and working towards the best with the hospitals um, and trying to work and expand their capacity and capability. So if we do see that surge in Calhoun County, that will be um, prepared and ready for it. I know a lot of people have been really concerned on social media that I've seen as far as um, they want to know specifically where, who these people are, where they are, if they may have come in contact with them. And I do want to tell them it's while that information is important, it's not really, it's not relevant. It's here. We know it's here. The cases are steadily increasing. Um, as far as I know, we don't have any hospitalizations here due to COVID-19. So we actually do. Um, it, it is important for everybody to take it serious and to know that it's here, right? And it is relevant if somebody has had direct contact with a person. Uh, the Alabama Department of Public Health uh, is not able to share uh, a lot of specific information with us in terms of even the public safety environment. But what they have committed to do is if a person is uh, proven positive, that they will do what's called contact tracing with all the contacts that that person has had, all the known contacts that that person's had. So if it's someone they've had close uh, contact with, then the Alabama Department of Public Health should trace that down uh, and notify that person, right, that they potentially have been exposed and that they need to take certain precautions. Uh, in Calhoun County, as of this morning, we do have three positive cases in the hospital, as well as several other persons under investigation is how it's termed. It's a person who appears to have symptoms and have been tested, but the test results have not come back yet. Uh, we do think the number is probably higher countywide. Uh, I think we're at 48. Is that still correct? 48 cases countywide right now? We're up to 50 now. Right before we, we did this, we're up to 50 cases now. Okay, so we've just bumped up to 50. And, you know, we do believe that we're at a higher uh, rate than just 50, but the testing, getting the test back from the labs has taken quite a long time uh, right. for them to send those back to the healthcare providers. So, you know, folks do need to take it serious and know that it is in the community. Um, you know, we are seeing those numbers increase every day, if not every hour uh, on some days. And so that they need to be aware of that. The other thing is with the modeling that you could talk about, you know, that Miles spoke to, um, you know, because the modeling is showing some better, people don't need to allow that to be a false sense of security. Right. Models are based of uh, hypothetical numbers and statistics. So uh, because the modeling went down all of a sudden is, is because the governor put a statewide order in place. Okay, so they factor in that this many people of the population will comply with the order. It's just a forecast. It's an estimate. You know, we can make the modeling better if everybody complies to the fullest extent and the outcome, you know, hopefully will be much better for, for the community as a whole. So if there was one big thing you really want to hit home to tell everybody as far as COVID-19 or just staying safe in general, what would you want to tell them? Uh, you know, we say often be prepared, not scared. And while that may sound a little, you know, cliche like, um, it still is very important that people take all the steps necessary to prepare themselves for COVID-19, to prepare themselves for the severe weather threat that we may face tonight or on Sunday of this week. Um, you know, for whatever the threat may be for fire safety at home, for, uh, you know, it can be anything that they prepare themselves. There are decisive, tangible things that every person can do 
to take preparedness steps in their life, their family. They have to take responsibility for themselves. Don't rely on other people. Take responsibility and be prepared. Now, that's with information. That's being with informed. And so that you're not scared, so that you're not acting just on a whim or you're acting on what you think may be so. As Miles talked about, Miles talked about earlier, make sure you have good, reliable sources of information. That helps with people's fear level. The more informed they are, the less fearful that they can be. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you. I mean, is there anything else you want to share with us today? Or Well, we've covered a lot. I just I appreciate the chamber and uh, all that y'all do for the community. I think you uh, you helped us out yesterday. You supported the Joint Information Center, the 911 uh, Emergency Call Center, as well as, well as our uh, EMA Operations Center with providing lunch. And we appreciate the chamber for that support. That's always welcome, uh, especially in these times. We've got a lot of folks that can't be at home. Uh, they have to work in this environment uh, to keep everybody else safe. And we appreciate y'all recognizing that and uh, support us in that effort. Well, perfect. We are very happy to do so for you. I'm jealous. The rocket is delicious. If you're listening to this and you have never been in Jacksonville and had the rocket, mm-hmm. I had $20 bill with you because they don't take cards, <laughs> but everything is delicious. Well, guys, thank you again so much for being our guest today. Um, I know that you are very busy, so I'm gonna let you get back to it. But as always, if you ever need anything, the chamber's here for you. And if we need to get the word out to the community, just let us know. Sounds great. I'm sure we will. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Stay safe. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.